This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us and for following Working Like Dogs on Instagram and Facebook. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis and my co-host is my amazing service dog, Lovey. And we're excited to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today we have two special guests joining us, Dr. Joanne Singleton. She's a professor with Pace University's Graduate School of Nursing and Lou Picard, who is the co-founder and director of programs for ECAD, which is Educated Canines Assisting with Disabilities. And they're going to talk with us today about some really cool, innovative projects that they've developed, including Pace University's College of Health and Professions launch of the very first college curriculum on service and therapy dogs in healthcare. And they're also going to talk with us about another awesome creation, Pause and Breathe, which is a class about how you and your working dog can de-stress together. So lots of wonderful things to discuss today in the working dog world. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Dr. Joanne Singleton and Lou Picard to the show. It's designerpetsweaters.com, hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're so excited to have Dr. Joanne Singleton and Lou Picard with us. Hello, Joanne and Lou, and welcome. Hi, Marcy and Lovey, and welcome back. Yeah, we're so excited. You guys have been so busy with such innovative things. But before we get to those, so many exciting things to talk about today. But first, Lou, I want to ask you to please tell us about ECAD and what types of services that you provide. We really want our listeners to know who you are and what you do. Uh, Well, ECAD stands for Educated Canines Assisting with Disabilities. Uh, What we do is 100% trained service dogs. For people with various disabilities. It could be young kids with autism, a veteran who might have mobility issues and PTSD, and then civilians from 3 to 83 or 93 that have mobility issues. Oh, that's that wonderful. Affect their arms and their legs. Yeah. I know. Well, you guys have really been on the cutting edge of this assistance dog industry. But tell us, how did you connect with Joanne? How did you two get connected? Well, I place a dog with a uh, now is a 
friend of who was a friend of myself and a friend of Joanne's. His name was Luis Carlos Montalban. I placed a dog by the name of Tuesday with him in 2007. I hope it's that. Don't don't count on it. it could be off by <laughs> a year. But in two, and um, that was for his. He was a veteran, and he had severe PTSD, and he also had some mobility issues. So I trained a dog for him. And after he received the dog, he ended up writing a couple of books. One is called Until Tuesday. That was on New York's bestsellers list. Then he wrote a couple of children's books. Then he wrote a, a second adult book called Tuesday's Promise. Well, during his time of PR for the book and traveling around, he met Joanne. And Joanne was working at Pace University. And uh, they started talking about different ways of educating people and some of the trouble that people with service dogs have. And even going to the doctor or the medical professions don't understand what it is to have a service dog. They don't understand the importance of it. And Luis wanted to champion that. And Joanne wanted to contribute and wanted to be part of it. And that's when Luis said, well, if we're going to do this, then you have to get to know Lou Picard with ECAD. And so we met. So Joanne and I met and, uh, then we started taking the project forward. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I think all of us know about Tuesday and about Luis and the wonderful work that they did. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, Lou, I really am glad that you did because, boy, what an Im- a positive impact they had on veterans with PTSD and for all people with disabilities and their assistance dogs. So I love it because that is a huge issue when one of us goes to the doctor or any kind of medical setting with our service dogs. I know I've had lots of interesting and frustrating experiences sometimes when I needed medical care. So Joanne, tell us about this new curriculum and it's and what is it called and how how can it help people who have service dogs? Oh well, so we started this work back in 2016 and then formalized it in 2017. And when Luisa and I started our conversation, um, it was around this very issue. When I met Luis, he was presenting at a conference and he was talking about the challenges that he had. And at that point in time, I realized that although I have been a healthcare provider for almost my entire life now, this was not something that anyone had taught me. And when he talked about the challenges he experienced, that was when I felt some tears coming down my cheeks because I realized I could have been those healthcare providers that he was talking about. So it was an immediate call to action for me. And that very day, he and I started talking about how we could join forces and work together and how we could help to expand his and Tuesday's advocacy to this very important group of people that I hang out with, healthcare providers. So that work began with a focus on educating into professional healthcare providers to be culturally competent and knowledgeable in their care of individuals with visible and invisible disabilities who are teamed with a service dog or who might also be involved with animal-assisted interventions. So we got that work started conceptually, and um, initially I thought, well, I'm going to go find the curriculum. Somebody must be teaching this. I must have just missed this. Um, And, you know, and, and Luis let me have that freedom, and I remember calling him and saying, 
you know, I'm a researcher and I have all of the research librarians that I work with at Pace University helping me with this. I can't find the curriculum. Uh, we're going to have to create this. And he kind of gave me a Louise laugh, like, yeah, I could have told you that. Um, but in any case, we started to move forward. And that was when uh, Luis introduced me to Lou because he said, look, you know, I can work with you on this and, and this is really important. But if you want to do this, you can't just talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. You've got to understand what it is to have a service dog, to have a dog at the end of your arm on a leash, to live with these incredible animals and to, and to understand what the human animal bond is all about. So Lou and I met uh, very shortly after that, and we started working together. Uh, fortunately, I had a grant that we were working on at Pace University that helped to support the work that we were doing. And we decided that the best thing to do was to, you know, start where we were. So I'm working with graduate nursing students. They're nurses who are becoming family nurse practitioners. And those are my students. And those are frontline people who are working with individuals with disabilities who needed to know this. So we developed a master class where we would teach the students. And we filmed everything that we were doing. Um, we also worked with ECAD clients to do script writing around different situations that happened in real healthcare experiences for some of the ECAD clients. So we created three simulations and we use those in teaching with our students. We are in the process right now of taking all of the work that we've done and setting them up into train the trainer modules because we'd like to nationalize the work. And I'm really happy to say that over the years now, having started in 2016 and here we are in 2020, we have educated over 4,000 interprofessional healthcare providers in this area. So we're really excited and pleased about that work. Oh, that's wonderful. That is so wonderful. Well, I have several questions for you for that. But first of all, I want to ask you, Lou, how did you translate what it's like to have a service dog on the end of a leash for Joanne? How did you do that to give her some I, insights? I, I put her in team training. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> I put her in team training. I gave her disability. I gave her a dog that, you Perfect. know, wasn't completely finished. He understood what was going on, but wasn't completely so. So she would know what it was. You know, even yeah. when I was learning how to do this, I spent two weeks in a wheelchair mm -hmm. and I missed lunches because the dog wouldn't pull the door open and I refused to get out of the chair because I wanted to know it. Yeah. But I always knew at the back of my head that I could get up. I could get yeah. up, but yeah. I, I just decided not to. So, you know, we'll never truly know what it feels like, but what we can be is compassionate and we can understand that I don't want my dog ever to put a burden on you. I don't yeah. want you to miss lunch. I don't want you to worry. Can you get your keys because they fell and rolled underneath your car? You know, yeah, that's the important thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? You've been there. Yeah. Right? Or you, you went out and had too much fun. Now you're home and you're like, come on, open the door. And the dog's like, I'm too tired. No, 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 open the door. Yeah, that's you know, right. Those are, yeah. those are the little things that you don't understand until you spend enough time in a wheelchair and you refuse to get out. And then you're like, shoot, I can't get into Pizza Hut because it's not really accessible for me if the dog pulls the door open. Yeah. I just kept going back down the ramp. 
Right. I'm like, right. so. so well, I'm like, I had oh. to ask that. That's so great, Joanne, that you got to have that window into what it's, what it's really like. And Joanne, I, I want to ask you, well, first of all, what are some of the simulations? Yes, I can. But what I also need to tell you is that I have an ECAD service dog who works with yes. me, a facility dog. And so I have a 24-7 experience now, which when I started this work, I didn't realize how critical this was going to be. So this has been a real game changer for me because when individuals with disabilities who were working with explained to me what some of their challenges are, I can relate to that in some ways, not in the same way, but in some ways. Um, And that has been really an incredible opportunity for me to understand from a participant observer perspective a part of what it is like to be teamed with a service dog. Um, yeah. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah, and I want, you to tell us, I want you to tell us more about Spirit in a minute. I have several questions about Spirit and his job. Sure. But, but you're right, sure. you're now... You're now part of the dog handler world. Yeah, so that was a big, yeah, big stepping into a whole new world. A whole new world and a whole uh, other set of considerations. But I realize how important that is now. And, you know, Lou told me that in the beginning, which was, you know, you you can be working with one of our dogs, but that's not going to be the same because it's not an ongoing relationship. And so... You will need to have the dog a few days ahead of time before you're doing a an, an, uh, class so that you can, you know, get some relationship going or whatever. And I, and I understood that, but I didn't really appreciate it until the other <laughs> side. And in having this kind of a relationship, it's pretty phenomenal. I can't even put it into all of the emotions that come to me in thinking about this amazing relationship that I've been gifted with. Yeah. Yeah, you really have. Yeah. Well, I love that you refer to spirit as a pawfessor, P-A-W-F-E-S-S-O-R. I love that. And I love that, Lou, didn't you train spirit? Yes. Yeah, we trained him. That's so great. Well, so tell us, Lou, what types of things does spirit do in this job that you trained him for? Well, spirit... He does all the same things a service dog can do. He can retrieve and he can tug and he can turn on a light switch. But more so, he teaches students that he can do those things. And he teaches the students how it's, you know, it's helpful to a person with a disability, but also to understand I need to be brushed every day. I need to get exercise. I need to go out and about. So before you tell a client of yours, oh, yes, go get a service dog please make sure that they can take care of my needs as well. And people are writing prescriptions left and right. They don't realize that, listen, a person who can't get themselves to the doctor's office is not able to stay on target with their medication. You're adding more responsibility to them. They have to be able to get to the doctor. They have to be able to take their medication appropriately. Then the dog can assist them. The dog is not a miracle worker. He's not going to fix you. He's only going to assist you so you have a happier, healthier, better life. Yeah. That's really important for anyone listening to understand. 
Yeah, and that's a huge misconception with people. I can't tell you how many people I tell a week, they were like, oh, I want one of those. And I'm like, wait a minute, you have to Mm -hmm. understand the commitment, not only the physical commitment, but the financial commitment that you have to agree to in order to really have a successful working team relationship with a service dog. I cannot agree with you more, Lou. It's a huge responsibility and people don't really know. Not everybody understands that, but yeah, but that's so great that you have spirit there, Joanne, that he is, that's way more than a demo dog is that you actually have a a partner. (laughs) Yeah. So, so tell us more about the classes and what you and, and spirit do together. Sure. So part of this journey for me was to really immerse myself in the field of the human animal bond. So I have had Lou as my mentor from the beginning and now a colleague and a collaborator And I also, at the beginning of this, completed certification at the University of Denver in the Institute for Human-Animal Connections so that I would be able to be certified in animal-assisted interventions. So there are two tracks running. Um, One of the tracks is focusing on service dogs and people with visible and invisible disabilities. And the other part is animal-assisted interventions. You know, we know that just the presence of an animal can help to reduce stress, right? So having spirit with me wherever I am when I'm able to be in person with him is a stress reducer for the people who are in that room with me or in that class or meeting or, or wherever we may be. So the one side of the work that we do is around um, assistance animals and the other side is service dogs. So when Spirit is teaching with me and we're doing a class on service dogs, um, we talk about the history of assistance animals, we talk about the training, and in the middle of that class, um, Spirit does a demonstration, but we always start the class out with Spirit being in his service dog vest and being in a downstate position. So the very first thing when the students come into the room that he's teaching them is, I should not be distracted. You should not be petting me. And in fact, one of the students very recently said how they loved that from the minute they walked in the room, they were learning and they didn't even realize that until someone else came in and started to interact. And I said, you know, Spirit is a service dog right now. Please don't distract him. If you distract him, that could be problematic for him or the person he's working with. And the student really picked up on that. And she said, you know, from the very moment we met Spirit, he was teaching us. So in the middle of the class, we do a demonstration and we do, you know, a few adaptive things. Um, I put a, a sticky bone on a door with a tug. And I talked to the students about how there are different commands that we work with with dogs, you know, two, two very important ones are tug and the other one is um, fetch, to, you know, to get something. And then I, I show them how those commands that are, are things that I'm sure they're doing with their own dogs through this incredible training at ECAD, the dog is then taught those commands as, as tasks so they can be translated into tasks. And then I show them, you know, fetching the keys and I show them tugging the door open. I put my coat on and, and I have a tug on my coat and I say, I'm not leaving the room now, but I'm going to show you how spirit can open my jacket for me. And so he'll open my jacket and then I'll ask somebody to volunteer their feet and he will take their socks off. And so we do a variety of things that are very, very real that are just amazing to the students when they realize as health professionals or health profession students 
how this is something that could actually be done to help a person be independent. Like all of a sudden it makes sense. And so I can tell them that and I could show them pictures or whatever, but they're seeing it firsthand and it's pretty impactful. Yeah, so that's after, a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So after we do that, uh, I always promise them that later on in class, they will have an opportunity to interact with spirit. And so later on in class, spirit takes off his service dog vest and he puts on his facility dog cape. And the students are then allowed to come and take selfies with him and to interact with him. Um, and that's part of the stress reduction. And, and he works with me in our stress reduction program. He and I have a practice for stress reduction. And so when the students approach him, um, he'll immediately lay down and then give his belly so that they can be stroking him. All of that is happening, you know, within an hour and a 15 minute class time. Well, I'm sure your students are mesmerized when they start seeing all of these real life things that spirit can do that just has such a tremendous impact on someone's ability and their quality of life. So while we are going to take just a quick break, but we're going to come back and keep talking with Joanne Singleton about the wonderful work that she's doing with spirit and Lou Picard from ECAD. So come right back after these quick messages. I've had blue-fern Amazon parrots and cockatiels and finches and cats and a little Lhasa Apso, a Maltese, she's like 22, a yellow lab Floyd, a black lab Murphy. Murphy's coat, it's very, very shiny, like it sparkles in the sun. And I'm also a part-time dog trainer, so I will always endorse Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Why wait until your dog is shedding like a monster? Save your dog from the agony, the misery of being stinky and having hot spots and shedding and making sure that they have the proper nutrition. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa, the digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Get them started early. I mean, your dogs will love you for it. My dogs do puppy zoomies around the house. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite at D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with Dr. Joanne Singleton and Lou Picard about their incredibly innovative work. And Joanne, just love hearing about the work that Spirit is doing. And I do want to ask you, because you mentioned before the break that how Spirit was trained as a service dog, but that then in your class, you switch vests and Spirit becomes a therapy dog. And then he can interact with the with the students. Tell me, Joanne, how did you get Spirit dual trained as a therapy dog? So I think that's a really great question. I think every single one of the ECAD dogs is able to work as a therapy dog because of the type of training that they have. And so it was a natural for Spirit to be able to do that. When we do our stress reduction work, so we have a practice, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a family nurse practitioner, so I'm a clinician and a, a prescribing provider. 
And one of the things that has always been important to me in my practice is to be able to offer people what I call non-pharmacologic interventions. And so the thing that I learned is the power of the human-animal bond and how we as humans have stress. That just kind of goes without saying. And that stress affects us both physically and psychologically. One of the most important things is for us to be able to recognize stress and then be able to put things into practice for ourselves. So in doing the work that I do and working with humans, I've also come to realize, and you've probably had this experience, you know, when you've received healthcare. So your healthcare person is teaching you how to do something for yourself, and then they want you to do a return demonstration, right? So maybe they're showing you how to change a dressing or how to take a medication, and then they want you to show them that you learned how to do that so they can make any adjustments. Well, one of the things that we know can help reduce stress is something called diaphragmatic breathing. And it's something that nurses are taught, but most interestingly, they often don't put into practice the things that they learn to teach their patients. We also know that it's very challenging for humans to teach back to another human. So while I was doing my studies in animal-assisted interventions, I came up with the idea of combining diaphragmatic breathing, which is a known stress reduction intervention, with an animal-assisted intervention so that the person would be taught how to do diaphragmatic breathing by me. But when they did the return demonstration, they would be teaching the dog that I was working with so that it would be much less intimidating and uncomfortable for them. So I developed a clinical protocol for stress reduction and identification that I call pause and breathe, which I've trademarked. And it combines these two evidence-based stress reduction interventions, diaphragmatic breathing and an animal-assisted intervention. And so the first part of it, I'm teaching the person about breathing and getting in touch with their breath and practicing. And then the second part of it, I invite spirit to join us and he comes and he lays down on a blanket where we're working. And I invite everyone in the group to come, put their hands on his chest, to feel his breathing, to start to sync with their breathing, with his breathing. And of course, he is in a very low stress place at that point in time. Um, he's been exercised before. He's been fed. He's been watered. He's been toileted. And I have stress reduction music for him. And he just loves doing this to begin with because, you know, he's doing it with me and he loves doing it. And so I have them feel comfortable with his, what his breathing feels like. And then I ask someone in that group to teach him what they just learned how to do, to demonstrate for him how to do diaphragmatic breathing. So needless to say, it feels a little silly and people laugh and they relax a little bit more into what we're doing. So just to clarify, Joanne, is that part of the canines assisting in health? Because I know that you do have a separate class on pause and breathe, or do you incorporate it into the canines assisting in health curriculum as well? So within canines assisting in health, my stress reduction practice is part of what I do with Spirit when he's not teaching. So it's all part of the same program. Okay, awesome. Because I wanted to ask you about that with Pause and Breathe because Lou, didn't did you collaborate with Joanne on that piece as well? Well, she offered it to my clients while they're in team training. Oh, nice. Then she would come up and give a little seminar, a, a workshop on a Saturday or a Friday, because going through team training is stressful. So that's <laughs> how we started it. 
she would come up and then she would teach it to them and show them how they could use their dog to de-stress. And it was working well and the clients were using it and loving it. And then the COVID virus came and we all got isolated yeah. and with Joanne and, and myself and we're like, okay, what do we do for our clients? And then we thought, well, what do, why don't we offer pause and breathe for them? And we did. And it was a, it was very successful. Now we just, ECAD started to open it up to anyone on Facebook, on our Facebook page who wants to come. It's all through internet. You don't have to go anywhere. Just be in your house or wherever you are with your family or friend, a dog, a person, your husband, your child, whoever. And then Joanne and I come together. Carrie facilitates it and we do it online for them. All they have to do is register and come online. Well, that's growing. We started with 30 people and then it was 60. And I think our last time was 170 people. So it's a beautiful way to, to work with your animal. It doesn't have to be a dog, but it's a beautiful way to do that. And while you're teaching somebody how to de-stress and it doesn't take long, 10 minutes and you're, and you're feeling much better and you look better. I love it. Well, so. Lovey and I definitely want to sign up for that. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And so Joanne, so you're doing them online now. How do people, mm-hmm. how can people sign up to do them? Because, yeah, I want to know, yeah, how do you do that? <laughs> well, we'll have to check in with Carrie on that. We just finished a series of three, and now I think she's figuring out what happens next in terms of being able to offer some more of those. We have had a really great response. You know, we've been very effective in utilizing the chat room, and so we're hearing and getting people's feedback during the session. And actually, someone was telling us in the last session that they actually put their pulse oximeter on and that their oxygen saturation went up to almost 100%, which it has never done before. So people are really able to make quick use of this, which is, you know, what the whole goal is to give people something that, that can help them in the here and now. Yeah. Yeah. And for the dogs too. I mean, I know when I get stressed, I know that lovey tends to get stressed, you know, what they say about how the, the things travel on the leash. So I have to be really mm-hmm. careful of that. So having those skills of, of being able to breathe and check in with yourself, your own stress level and how you can support your dog's stress level. That's priceless. I mean, that's really wonderful. So I I hope you'll share with us so we can share with our listeners how they can participate in a class like that. And I hope you'll do more because that could really help. I would tell them, your listeners, to friend us on Facebook. Just go to ECAD1 on Facebook and friend us. And then what will happen is we post it on Facebook. And you'll get notified and it's, it's free. All you have to do is register and then you'll get an invitation like a Zoom or a Google Meet invitation. Just click on it. Perfect. Well, we'll do it. I know Lovey and I will definitely do that. And we'll post that on our site um, so that our listeners definitely can do that. That's wonderful. Please do, yes. Yeah. Well, I do want to ask you, Lou, because ECAD does so many types of working dogs, assistance dogs, and I believe you do courthouse facility dogs. Do you you train those as well? So courthouse dogs came to us. What happened, there was a, a girl in Poughkeepsie who had been violated by a stepfather and it took so long, almost two and a half years before it came to court. And and her family had abandoned her over it. So she was living in a group home. And when it was time to go to court, she was too afraid. She wouldn't go. 
So the group home called around all over the United States trying to get a dog that they could borrow for a while Mm. and that could go to court with this lady. Well, they called us and we're like, oh, well, we have Rosie. Rosie had already been retired. She was 10. She had worked as a therapy dog with Dale, co-founder of ECAD, at Green Chimneys for all of her life. She was around kids with emotional disabilities. She would carry the, their apples from the cafeteria back to the classroom. If you knocked on Dale's classroom, she was the one that opened the door. So when we retired her at 10 and a half, they called us and they were like, you know what, we have the perfect dog, the perfect one. But they needed to take her for six to eight weeks from us. And so we're like, okay, we're gonna do it. We let her go. They let her have a bond with the girl. And we did some training at keeping her in tight spaces because you had to be able to stay in the witness stand. Before they would even do this, Rosie had to be all day in a, in a courtroom alone with no handlers, put her in a down stay in the witness stand, and then we had to leave and come wow. back at when they took their break. And um, she did. And the judge said she was amazing and only got up when the court would get a little riled up, he would kind of stand up and look at them and everyone got quiet and then she <laughs> went back down. So was, the she the first one? Well. was she the she very was the first one? Was she the very first? Yeah. Rosie Aww. the courthouse dog. Aww. If you Google that, you can read the story. But that was in Poughkeepsie, New York, and it went nationwide. Yes. And then from there, other people started wanting them. And the person who was violating this girl ended up getting a guilty. They found him guilty. He appealed it because he said the dog influenced the girl. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. And they're like, no, no, it wasn't the mm-hmm. dog's fault at all. Yeah, so, wonderful. So, uh, that courthouse dogs have so come a long way. Yeah, a and they've come way. a long yeah. way since then. That's wonderful. Rosie. Yeah, yeah. Rosie's That's, it's a courthouse dog. Program. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you guys do other facility dogs too, don't you? Yes, I have like eight dogs in a facility in uh, Memorial Healthcare System in Broward County, Florida. They have one of our dogs in every hospital they have. The Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, the uh, Regional Hospital West, which is all for heart patients. That's an amazing healthcare system. I would tell my husband, if I ever get sick, I need to go to one of their hospitals. They take, <laughs> they have lots of alternative medicines and alternative processes, and the dogs are one of them. And they've done a beautiful job. So we place dogs in the hospitals. We place dogs in residential school facilities. The district attorney's office in New York, upstate New York, has a dog. The child prevention center is waiting for a dog. So, yes, facility dogs are also come a long way. That people are starting to understand that they're a tool that is beneficial to not only the person who needs it, but just the staff around them. The dog is an asset to the staff as well. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, it's amazing. So how many dogs, Lou, does ECAD place a year? So I usually have about 40, 43 dogs, anywhere from 40 to 50 dogs in training. But as you know, it takes almost two years. It's a Mm -hmm. two-year process. So I put out somewhere between 20, 25 dogs a year. And we're in the, we built a new training center up here in Torrington. I'm in the midst of getting a new kennel built for the dogs. And so that we're, we would like to increase that. We'd like to increase that number to about 40, 45, 50 dogs a year. Wow. That would that's be wonderful. That would be topped out for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. And I don't want, well, and I don't want the quality to go down at all. So. Exactly. Yeah. 
That's the key. I know. Uh, People always think bigger is better, but I've talked to so many Mm -hmm. assistance dog organizations and they say no, and it's that quality. And I'm so glad to hear it because it is so important for people like me on the other end. We appreciate that. But how exciting that you're building a new facility. That's really, that's probably going to be a huge improvement in your ability to get these dogs trained and and out the door yeah the training center we have a training center and a living center for the people who came that was a huge stress reducer for us and now the kennel once that's built that will put it all into place it will be i just wanted to make sure ecad was here long after i was and by putting the buildings here and setting them up that now they have a such a strong foundation yeah. No matter what happens, that catch should continue on, and it needs to continue on for the client. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, you two, I could talk to you guys all day about the wonderful work that you're doing, and I, I just can't applaud you enough for it. It's wonderful, and it's changing, changing the way that, uh, you know, this is what really makes systemic change are these kinds of achievements. It's just wonderful and in such a positive way. So as we're leaving today, though, I do want to just ask you quickly, and especially Joanne, how can people get more information about your curriculum or about, uh, you did share with us about pause and breathe, but just tell us again about canines assisting in health. How can people reach you? So the easiest way for people to reach me is my direct email address, which is J. Singleton, J-S-I-N-G-L-E-T-O-N at PACE, P-A-C-E dot E-D-U. So people can feel free to email me directly. We are in the process right now of setting up our own private YouTube channel so that as we try to nationalize our work and we move forward our Train the Trainer program, we'll be able to give access to those individuals who want to join us in teaching this curriculum across the country. We're hoping that some ECAD clients are going to be joining us in this. We are also in the process of developing a certification for Pause and Breathe. Um, There are some other service dog organizations who would very much like to be able to do this with their clients during team training. And so we're working on those things as well. So for any of your listeners who are interested, please email me directly so that you can let me know what your interest is and we can have some conversation. So thank you for asking that, Marcy. Excellent. And we, again, will make that available on our website. And Lou, you mentioned ECAD ECAD 1 on Facebook, but is there another way to reach um, the folks at ECAD? Yes. um, Our website is ECAD, E-C-A-D, the number one, dot O-R-G. Okay, excellent. So if, you go, if you go on the website, you can contact us and see what's going on. And, yeah. Excellent. So if they can volunteer, they can donate money or apply for one of ECAD's amazing assistance dogs. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, you two are amazing. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing and for your time today and and for what you're doing for the future for not only the dogs, but for people with disabilities. Thank you. Well, thanks for having us. Such a pleasure. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. We're so glad you could join us, and we'd love to hear from you. So please keep those emails coming, and you know you can reach us at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. We love staying connected with you. 
And you can also follow Working Like Dogs on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you know how much I love seeing your photos of your working dogs and the incredible work that you are doing together each day. So thank you so much for that. We look forward to hearing from you and take good care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.